All right, good morning and welcome back to another episode of Waking Up with Wendy. I, uh, your host, Wendy, have a very special guest here with you this morning. We have Joe Ritella with us on the Stock Showdown podcast. A uh, little bit of background on our guest, Joe. Uh, he has, has a background in multimedia and design, uh, definitely embraces the idea of creativity, and it's kind of involved into a whole facet of things and everything from writing music. Uh, to podcasting and, and and creating his own podcast, very similar to me. Again, just taking that leap of faith and, and getting the message out there. Uh, and that is he has his own podcast called The Crypto 101 Show. So we're really excited to hear uh, everything that The Crypto 101 Show has to offer. I know I have a, a plethora of students um, and, and colleagues alike very interested in the space and just don't know where to begin and want to know more. So I think having Joe Ritella, our guest on this morning, will be a fantastic opportunity to get to know a little bit more. So without further ado, everybody, Joe Ritella. Thank you, William. I appreciate you having me on. Seriously, this is awesome. Ah. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, uh, we were uh, talking before we went on air here, Joe and I, and I want to uh, extend my gratitude and appreciation to Joe for being on the show and uh, being able to work through all the reschedulings. Joe has a child of his own. I have a few, <laughs> I have a few <laughs> in my clan. So being able to uh, work out the intricacies of rescheduling. So I really appreciate that, Joe. Uh, so, Joe, let's dive right into it. Like I said, I uh, got got plenty of kids very interested in crypto. So, what was your first exposure to crypto, and and how did how did that fester and and create what you have today in a in, in a podcast uh, with Crypto One Hundred and One? So, tell me your journey, Joe, on how you got started here. Sure. So, the crypto stuff started probably like late twenty sixteen, early twenty seventeen. It was right when Bitcoin was at like nine hundred dollars uh, a Bitcoin, and at the time, I was going through some hard stuff in my life, um, and I dove into a little bit of crypto. I saw like, all right, you know, what's this Bitcoin stuff? So I just started to like research a little bit about it, and at that point, um, I, I didn't understand very much of it, and. I went on Coinbase, which is a coin exchange, and purchased a little bit of Bitcoin at that time. At you know, put it on a Electrum wallet, which is a wallet that sits on your uh, desktop, uh, so it's a hot storage or hot wallet, and just left it there for like a year and didn't do much with it, but monitored like where Bitcoin was going. And slowly, Bitcoin kept creeping up, and I'm like, all right, and you know, slowly the it started to turn into like more and more. And you're like, oh, this is interesting. So <laughs> this I, is easy. <laughs> well, and so I met um, one of my best friends now. Um, I met him probably in like 2018. We met in a weird situation with just like, I, I was, I met him in a meetup group and it wasn't anything about cryptocurrency, but he and I just started talking. He was from Chicago where I was originally from. So we hit it off. And then all of a sudden, like, he started like talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And I'm like, you know, crypt like you're into it. And he's like, oh yeah. You know, so we got into this conversation, which then led me down further rabbit holes of like, what is, you know, cause he didn't, he's like, you have Bitcoin. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I bought it a while ago. Um, and it just evolved into this. Uh, what am I, what is the bigger picture here? And uh, growing up my whole life, I was always like, I didn't critically think a lot about stuff. It was more just like, what were people telling me rather than like, what, what's the bigger situation here? 
so slowly it evolved with talking to my buddy. And then I had a couple other buddies that I didn't know were in crypto. And I'm like, you're in crypto. So it became like this more of a community. Um, and it wasn't that we necessarily think crypto is good or bad. It's, it's what's the bigger picture here. And that led me down to starting the Crypto 101 show because I have a lot of friends and family that aren't in, interested in it. And for me, I think it's amazing that you have your students paying attention to this because that is the generation, they are going to lead the charge in this whole change of the financial industry. And whether or not people want this thing to come or go, crypto is here to stay, whether we like it or not. And and I'm I'm neither for nor against it. It's more like whoever doesn't understand it, this is the perspective of how to understand it, the basics of it, where you can learn, you know, what, what you can do with it. Um, and it's giving people a foundation of how does this work? Why is this so important? Um, and I tell most people that ask me, like, I don't put my opinion in my podcast because I just don't want it to be in there. I want people to get that same critical thought of like, I don't believe that. I don't, you know, but to me personally, like 98% of crypto is BS, but there is 2% of crypto that is a game changer and blockchain. Bitcoin is definitely a game changer. There is, uh, you know, Ethereum with the, the DeFi apps, amazing stuff. There's so many things that can come from this that change everything in the financial world. So it, that basically led me to the path of crypto and like starting the podcast and really wanting to present to people like you can hate it all you want, but that's not going to like the world is going that way. And, and honestly, like you see foreign countries slowly migrating into Bitcoin because they can transfer funds easily into a cryptocurrency and take it back out or, you know, vice versa. Um, so anyway, I hope that kind of answered the question of like where it evolved into for me to go into that podcast section. So, all right. So thank you. I, I thought that was brilliant. I love the fact that, um, you know, again, you keep your opinion out of it. And like, this is again, just kind of like matter of factly, like back, you know, like what, what are we talking here? Uh, 25 you know, 30 years ago, somewhere in that neighborhood where here's this cool thing. It's called the internet and it's going to completely replace yeah. the way that we've gone about doing the, these, you know, everyday tasks. And like, you can believe that this is going to be a thing or not, but like this thing is here to stay. And I feel like that's kind of like what we're at night now. And I guess, I don't know if you want to identify, you know, crypto and Bitcoin and things of that nature and DeFi and lump them all into web 3.0. And mm -hmm. if you do that, that's fantastic. But like, it's here to stay. Like it's another like extension of the internet of what it was 25 years ago. That, that is exactly it. It is. I totally agree with you. It's this web 3.0. I have a lot of family. I love them all. They, they fight back a lot on, on a lot of this stuff. Like, you know, and again, they think, they think you drink a Kool-Aid and it's like, they're not understanding though, the realm of like, well, it's just fictitious money. And it's just that, you know, sure. Like, so it's the dollar. <laughs> thank you. They, they don't get that. The only thing that gives dollar value is that people still believe in it, which is right. slowly fading away. Yes. Yes. And, 
And and again, like like anything, you know, the basic economics, like everybody says, like, well, the main resources are food, water, and shelter. And it's like, well, sure, but food doesn't hold, it doesn't hold like gold or silver. Or like yeah. there's yeah, like of course you need you can't eat gold and silver, but but there's a sustainability of it that can trade easier, you know. So they they tr they like fight it at all costs. And it's like, I'm not here to argue with you. It's more like but you're exactly right. It's Web 3.0, and it, and the younger generation gets it. And and God. like you, I think you're in the same. I'm an old millennial. I'm 40 years old. So um, oh, we're right there. I'm I'm knocking yeah. on 40s door. Uh, three and a half months from now. Okay, but but we're our generation. I, I look at it like this: like our kids are going to be doing this stuff. Like they're going to have a crypto wallet, whether we like it or not. And and everybody wants to sit there and say, well, it's, it's hard. You know, NFTs are another good example. I think NFTs, when it comes to the images of stuff, stupid. I get that people hate it, <laughs> but the bigger picture as a musician, especially oh. NFTs could be amazing for ticket to take down Ticketmaster. You're talking blockchain could completely eliminate so much middleman crap that makes it so much better like that's where why why are we not progressing and seeing a better picture um so i do think it's web 3.0 the internet made amazing things but there's a lot of people too that take like small portions of it and say well the web also created um you know easier access for like you know child pornography or, and it's like you're taking a minute portion yeah. And you're blowing it into a bigger picture. And I think that's what happens with crypto as well. There's so much fraud. And honestly, Chainalysis did an ex a perfect, they did a, um, a study on it. And they just 2020, they said that it's down to like 0.03% of fraud is actually cryptocurrency because people don't understand it. And, and the top cryptocurrency being used is like Moreno for for fraud. So it's it's not even Bitcoin. It, like they lump, they don't... They don't take, I, I don't mean to get out on a soapbox. It's just, it's that type of stuff where I think people don't critically think and actually research it and see the bigger picture of stuff. Instead, it's just all bad. So, but it is totally web 3.0. People have to come to terms with that. And it's going to, and DeFi decentralized is amazing. It's amazing. It makes people accountable and have to be in control of their own stuff, which to me personally makes better thinkers but no that, that that's uh, a fantastic point i love the fact that you brought up uh nfts i just so happened to uh, have a guest on the show uh yesterday and we were uh diving into nfts and um the music industry i brought it up uh because i you know now again i'm i'm immersed and i'm going down these rabbit holes of of the metaverse and you know crypto and DeFi and nfts and again i'm trying to understand all of the terminologies and the complexities but anyways i was listening to a podcast and um the musicians who are creating the content are getting oh, it was such a small percentage yeah. i, I want to say like eight to twelve percent of, of the revenue and you have every intermediary in between in the supply chain before the end customer gets the music and they all want their piece of the pie, which if you put it onto the blockchain, 
and you cut out all those middlemen and you take a whatever, a music file, an MP4, an MP3, forgive my ignorance on maybe some of the terminologies. So like you said, some of these JPEGs that are whatever, apes or punks or whatever they are, and no disrespect if those people are in that, but I can see such potential with it taking it right from the musician, right to the customer, and the, the musician then gets a majority of that of that revenue. Yeah, uh, so it's funny you said I have fantastic. so many musician friends that like argue this point of NFTs are stupid. I'm like, again, <sighs> nobody's saying that the JPEG selling artwork isn't stupid. You're missing a bigger picture though. Yes. This is the elimination of a Napster situation happening because you're allowing creators to actually push out their art to yes. directly to consumers. And it's not... And as a musician, I had to, we had bands, I was in bands that we stocked shelves on Walmart. We did all that stuff with our CDs and they took huge cuts and we wound up making like a dollar off of a CD when they sold it for 15. And you're like, this is stupid. Like this is not, this is, and and now you're looking at, and again, there's always going to be a negative narrative when it comes to mainstream media, when things, when things don't want to change because well, that's just the way it is. And there's people making money who are those holders of the news spreading. So you, it's hard. It's like you try to push through this thing and they look at you like you're a crazy person. It's like, this is a benefit for the little people that, and this is they're allowing them to be accountable and actually earn a living from this stuff. But then you get people on the other end, not to, again, you get the people that are like, well, you're competing with major artists. You're always competing with major artists. That's not the point. The point is you're in control. You yes. have more, you can make, generate more income. Now you have to work harder or work as hard as you did before, but that doesn't change. So there's always this like, but, but you are so right. It's, that is exactly like NFTs, the images, sure. They could be cool, whatever they want to do, but it's a bigger picture, just smart contracts. NFTs with smart contracts with real estate, like all that stuff, it's tokenized. It's all encrypted where the blockchain, it's it's a beautiful technology. And I wish people would start to see that, especially when it comes to everyday life usage of apps and stuff. It's like, this could be huge game changer for many people. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and I, you know, I think the problem is, is like you, you mentioned is, the status quo. Um, and yes. I think there's a great, a great quote uh, by Steve Jobs. And you even said like, oh, people, you know, people think you're crazy. Well, this goes out. And I think he even said this. This goes out to the crazy ones. The, uh, you know, the round, the round pegs in the square holes. Uh, they're not fond of rules and they have no respect for the status quo. Like push the boundaries. Um, like you said, in everyday life. I hate the fact that like when you go to sign for a house and you're closing on a house, you have 800 pages of documents like that can all be eliminated. And your deed is on the blockchain encrypted somewhere that it's just going to be so much easier and eliminate all those intermediaries between where again, now instead of me paying, you know, whatever it is, 6% uh, closing costs on a house, eating away at my equity, I get to keep that now. So everything from the musician, uh, the artist, my brother's a tattoo artist, where like, 
You know, I'm trying to get him, you know, to recognize the opportunity of putting his artwork out there as far as NFTs. I'm trying to think as an educator, what can I do to create my own NFTs, whether that be create tutorial videos on how to do it, uh, a formula in, in, in a Google sheet or something like that, where then like, instead of me putting out on a YouTube video that you can easily just click and download, I can make it an NFT that everybody now can, you know, have access to, and I can reap the benefits of that. It's funny. It, I, that's where they don't understand. It's like, you're creating piracy. You're, you're, you're eliminating piracy. Like that, that's the beauty of it. Like, like you're, you're not going to ensure like there's, there's times where blockchains gotten hacked, but that's because the programming behind it was bad. Like Bitcoin is a perfect example of a great blockchain. 51% of the ledger as you have to act 51% of the ledger. It's pretty much impossible to do because that's connected to every computer that is owning Bitcoin. You'd have to hack every single computer. It's impossible. There's and unless you get 51% of those people on a consensus to knock down block Bitcoin, you're not going to get that because the consensus of Bitcoin is we don't like the American dollar. We want to be in this because we like that it's free. That's the other thing a lot of people really bother me with. Um, not again, but the cryptocurrency is the truest free market we could ever potentially have, which is a neither good nor bad. It just shows the legitimacy of what a real free market is. And if people, and I mean this as the older generation really understood free market, we don't really have a free market, in my opinion, in the United States when it comes to financial and stuff like that. Cryptocurrency, which is why a lot of congressmen and senators and older generation people don't understand it. They want to go after it because it's free market. It's volatile. That is free market. It's dangerous. It's scary. But there is still good stuff that comes out of that. Like you were saying, like there's still progress that can be made in that, especially with blockchain, especially with certain cryptocurrencies and DeFi apps. So there's always this art, like this discussion of it where it's like, like it's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's like everything's dangerous. Like, I know you do a lot of stock stuff. I started to take in looking at stock stuff during the pandemic. I lost my job and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to look into this. And it was way over my head. And I was like, this is nuts. I'm not like, so I backed out of it. Um, but that, that again, like people need to still try to understand it. Like I'm not sitting here criticizing people that do stock stuff because they understand it. I don't, that doesn't mean that I like, you know, it just makes me frustrated when people look at cryptocurrency as this fraudulent BS game, like it's some thing that, you know, and it's like, there's so many positives that could come out of it that are great. Right. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not a fad. Like, right. I mean, again, I think a lot of people think, again, it's just a fad. It's not. Um, I think it's, again, game changing the technology, the blockchain behind it, um, I think is, again, uh, revolutionary and it's just going to open up so many opportunities in, in a multitude of spaces. And, you know, it boils down to what you said um, in, in, in a previous response is that, you know, these congressmen um, it's, it's the resistance to change is that the federal reserve has been in power since 1913 and come hell or high water, they are not going to relinquish that power. And, and I feel like crypto is the way of taking power away from the Fed 
and giving it back to the people where it belongs. Um, yes. But again, neither here nor there. I know. Well, it's and not to, just a side note from that. Somebody, I was on a recent, I did a recent interview with somebody and they were asking me about the, the central bank digital currency. And they're like, what's your take on it? And I'm like, well, it's not really a digital, it's not a cryptocurrency. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's centralized. Like cryptocurrency right. is decentralized. Like, like the people, and I'm not, I wasn't picking on them, but it was like, they still don't understand that like it's decentralized. It's the network of people who, who believe in it. You know, it's that, it's, that's what controls it. So the central government opening up a digital coin, I'm like, it's not going to yeah. do anything different. It's, it's this, it's just a digital dollar, you know, it's right. still going to, fluctuate you know so they, they were trying to wrap their heads around it. and that's why for me the podcast is so important because it's like trying to teach people the difference in this financial industry of like you can love the dollar i don't care you could hate the dollar i don't care <laughs> but this is the difference between these things and you need to understand that so you can make a better thought process and like oh yeah that might be some bs in that you know so i don't know that's that's just yeah, I go off on tangents. Sorry, it's just no, no, no. I, I I love it. I love the the again the authenticity of of these podcasts. Of you know, again, I never know where they're going to go. Uh, these are completely unedited. You know, unscripted, unedited. You're getting raw footage uh, with these podcasts. And again, I think that's best for the users because they're seeing authenticity uh, from myself and my guests. So what I mean, like. I mean, like, there's so many, like you said, 2% of crypto is probably legit. The other 98% is, is you know, kind of like the internet of, of 25 years ago. Yeah. That, like, you had all these publicly traded companies slap the word .com on their, on their name, no business model. Let's just raise capital, go public. And now 98% of those companies cease to exist. So what kind of advice then, because I see a very similar situation where you see an abundance of coins out there, oversaturation of them. Give me then your advice or your take on how to find the 2% that sure. are going to be viable, sustainable coins for the long term. Sure. I think it's definitely like, like anything that makes a currency, you, you definitely have to have the utility and the scarcity behind it, which I think for me personally was like Bitcoin. Sure, it's a digital currency, but the reason I think it's actually legit is because there's scarcity there's only going to be 21 million ever mind there's utility behind it you know there's a lot of use cases which use cases just basically means um what's it what's it used for like what's the reasoning behind they creating it like a dogecoin like sure if you want to invest in it, invest in it but me personally like i don't give it, it financial advice but it's like i won't do that because again that's a, a you know a crap coin to me um but to, for people to really find the 2%, it really just takes like diving in, reading white papers is one of the most critical things you could do. And a white paper is basically like any cryptocurrency that comes out should create a white paper that explains exactly what it's doing, why it's there, its utility, you know, what's the purpose behind it. If you dive into that and you start to see stuff and you see what's the use of it, you can kind of differentiate like this is BS. I don't really want, I, I don't believe this, you know? And also you can kind of investigate the team that's behind it. Like, um, and I'm just, this is just an example. I, I don't like Elon Musk. I don't like Jeff Bezos. I don't like those people. But if Elon Musk is telling me to dive into something and he's got millions of followers, 
there's probably a reason I don't want to dive into that coin because A, it's speculation, which another thing is you do not want to pay attention to speculation. Personally, for me, that's always leads to you buying in at the last minute. The FOMO. FOMO. So <laughs> I think a lot of it, like even the like there's really good use cases with the music ones. Um, Portugal the Man created their own cryptocurrency token for their fan base was awesome. Like those types of things where you see utility behind it, use cases, those are beneficial where you're actually getting something in return for it. So I think it's when you can weed out like, I'm going to buy into this crap coin. I don't want to use the wrong, you know, there's a real term for it, but I don't want to, if you've got students, I don't want to say it, but yeah, yeah. there's, there's <laughs> crap coins know. out there. Majority <laughs> of them are crap. And it's like, if they have a Squid Games name, I probably wouldn't buy into it because there's not a use case for it, except for it has a cool name. So that's where you kind of have to weed out, like, am I buying it because it's a fad or am I buying it because there's actual benefit to this where it can, you know, and, and I think the other thing people need to realize is, sure, you can try to get rich quick, but that most likely is not going to happen. Um, that happens far and few between. So I wouldn't even attempt to do that, but that's just me. Um, but those stories you hear of like the GameStop things, not a lot of those, not a lot of those apes made a lot of money. There's only some of them did. And so I think a lot of it comes to critical thinking of just people analyzing the white papers, seeing what's in there, because if you start reading those majority of the coins you're reading, you're going to be like, okay, no, I'm not, I'm not putting money into this. And, um, I, cause my brother asked me all the time, he's like, well, how do you know what, you know? And it's like, Look at, you have to do your research. You have to figure out what works, you know, and if there's good benefits to like, like the music ones or like, like I love looking at the music ones and seeing what entertainment ones are actually coming out. Um, I think it's GET, GET is the one that's probably going to take down Ticketmaster. They're, they're a blockchain that runs strictly, they're working on venues. They do a lot in Europe and they're doing really good with it. And if you notice Ticketmaster just recently tried to go into blockchain which Ticketmaster is still going to take astronomical fees. Right. So yeah. I think that's where you look into what projects you really, really like, where you see things in yourself. Like, like for me, it's art or music and stuff and entertainment. So I'll look into those projects and I'll see what are the benefits of these and are there actual really good use cases for this? And if there are, then I'm probably going to go look into that even further and see what the situation is. And you said it, you said it earlier. This is so new. We are only 10 years has it been around. You're talking like an insignificant amount of time. And I think that's the other thing. Everybody thinks that they've already missed out on this stuff. And it's like, we haven't even begun to change right. the system is in a benefit way. And not that they need to get rich off of it, but it's like the benefits of it. And just another example real quick, the medical field, smart contracts, awesome stuff it's going to benefit everybody in the long run because again, it encrypts your information, it encrypted information on a blockchain that only you can really access and or give permission to for people to access. So that's a whole nother realm of like people finding information on what is beneficial for them and where it's going. So I think white papers are a good one, seeing what the utility or use cases is for a lot of these coins. Um, you, you know, the scarcity of them, if there's going to be a ton minted like or mined like Dogecoin or if there's a limited supply like Bitcoin. Um, and then there's also the DeFi apps. What apps would benefit you as a person? You know, where 
Ethereum's a perfect example of a great platform for de decentralized apps. So that's where I think a lot of people like finding the BS out of it all, weeding it down, really putting in their own belief in what they like to see change, but then research that stuff. Don't just listen to the Elon Musk's put out a tweet and say doge to the moon and that's not the best way of doing it so oh elon uh never short of material but i think that right. was a a great way um you know to end our our podcast here our time here this morning joe again it just you know it flies by time you know time flies when you're having fun and, and these you know are always fun for me uh, this one was no different. I think that was great advice, not just to my high school audience, but uh, great advice to people in general about getting started, getting their feet wet in the space. The white papers you speak of, uh, I'll, I'll draw a parallel real quick. Um, you know, again, in my class, we talk about stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Um, white papers would probably be very similar uh, mm -hmm. to a prospectus that you would use, that you would read, I would hope, when analyzing a mutual fund that you're ready to get into. And it goes into all the details about what the fund's invested in, who's behind the fund, the fund's purpose, et cetera. So I think that was great. I think you mentioned, you know, get, you know, things you're comfortable with, um, things that you use. Uh, so that's what I tell the kids when they're, when they're looking at different stocks uh, to invest in with these fictitious competitions we do. Buy something that you know, that you use. Where do you shop? All right, you shop at Hollister? Great, let's look at Hollister. Um, you know, you shop at Target? All right, let's look up at Target. You know, things like that. So buy what you know, not these obscure investment speculative things that you have no clue, no mm -hmm. idea that they do, and you're just jumping on the bandwagon and, and hoping for the best. So I think it was great. I think it was uh, valuable, valuable insight, Joe. And it will, we're going to have to have you back on the show because, again, that just went way too quickly. And, and there's so much that we can probably just continue to discuss about <laughs> this. Case. So, um, you know, hopefully, God willing, we can have you back on the show. But for right now, uh, our guest, Joe Rotella, thank you very much for joining us. And this is yours truly, Wendy, signing off. God bless.